0: Welcome to part three of our Balance Myth series. This series is all about managing your time, your energy, and your priorities. And if you remember, in our first week, a couple weeks ago, that I had a bunch of these plates set up all on the stage here. And I was running like a crazy person, trying to spin this one and spin this one and keep them all going. And I was telling you that this often is a picture of our life. That we're just trying our best to keep everything going, keep everything balanced. And we're just running around too busy, too crazy, we're overwhelmed, we're overworked, we're overcommitted, and it's wearing us out, it's burning us out, and it's just crazy. And your life doesn't have to be that way. There's something better to shoot for in life than balance, keeping everything balanced. I think you, if you shoot for passion, I'm going to pursue this passionately, I'm going to pursue this area of my life with passion, I think that's a much better answer to how you Think about all the different areas of your life. And, and last week, we talked about Jesus' life, about how he had a lot of important things to do in this world, and he did it all by, what was the big word I made you say like a million times? Walking. He did it by walking, and, and we're running everywhere. We're, we're running to this, that, and the other thing. We're trying to accomplish this goal and that thing, and, and Jesus certainly had a lot of things he wanted to accomplish, and he did it all by walking and we talked about our pace and how we can slow down to accomplish our purpose and not just zoom forward to achieve all of our goals and and things that we want to achieve. So today is all about applying these principles to our life. Uh, How do we take these kind of ideas and, and just make it as practical as possible? Because God wants to change your life. He wants to transform your life. And on the surface, you're like, yeah, sign me up for that. But I don't know if you're ready. Or I don't know if you really want that. Do you really want God to change every area of your life? Like everything. Every moment of your day. every What you do at 7.30 in the morning, God wants a say in that. And at 8 o'clock, and, and what you eat for dinner, and, and where you go. Like all of those things, God wants to transform your life in that way, and and I don't I don't know if you're ready. And I think I think there might be one person here who is ready, who is desperate for God to show up in their life and transform something, a part of your life. And so, if you're that one person, this message is for you today. Because life is better when we let God work in it, all of it. And so this is an overwhelming picture, if you can see it. This is your life from uh, the time you get up to the time you go to bed. And you do something from 5 a.m. in the morning to 10 p.m. at night. You do something during those hours. I know you do. The question is, what do you do? And is it the best use of your time? And so I'm proposing to you this is a great way to live your life. That at 5 o'clock, you wake up, you know, the best work happens in the morning, and you do your devotions, you spend your time with God, then, you know, you get ready for your day, you eat breakfast, you you uh, make coffee, all that good stuff, you read your Bible, you pray, then you've got like five solid working hours from like 7 a.m. to about noon, you just crank out whatever you got to do, you, you know, you have very productive working hours, and then around lunchtime, you take a break, because everyone needs a break, right? You eat your lunch, you eat a good lunch, a healthy lunch, then for the next couple hours, you're very productive again, you're charged up, you're ready to go, you got some more time left to pursue whatever it is that you love to pursue, and that makes you some money and provides for your family, uh, takes care of your family, then it's dinner time, and then um, afterwards, it's like a family time. That's important too, right? And then um, personal time is good. And then bedtime, bedtime at 10 o'clock just makes your life better. Do you agree? <laughs> Come on, somebody. You should be saying, I don't agree with that. <laughs> That's not my life. Not everybody is the same right to which i would say i agree with you aren't you glad (laughs) so if that is true here's the point learn to embrace what is unique about you and your family situation don't try to compare your unique situation to an ideal, this is how my life is supposed to look. How quickly do we do that, right? Oh, oh, we're scrolling through social media. And, oh, their family is perfect. They have family dinners together every night. You know, they're doing devotions together with their coffee mug, and they've got their picture of their Bible, and oh, their life is just perfect, and, and mine is just a wreck. Don't we think that? But why do we do that, right? You are unique. You are an individual. Your family has unique rhythms and opportunities that other people don't have. So you don't have to be like the, quote-unquote, perfect or ideal situation. Eating together with dinners or whatever is, is a nice practice to get into. But maybe in your family season, that's not possible. Or it's not helpful. Or it's not peaceful so don't do that right Uh, maybe that's their season that's not not good Or, or playing board games inviting people over to your house and playing board games and and forming relationships that way like that's a great thing and then you got like little kids running around and and that's impossible so it's like it's okay right you don't have to do it that way all of the time and different seasons call for different things you have to figure out what works best for your family and I think, and I think you would agree with me, that working America has kind of learned this a little bit over the last two years. Um, everybody's job kind of shifted in some way or another. And uh, people learned this thing called working from home. Uh, you know, that, like that's a thing now, right? And uh, CEOs, bosses, you know, people in charge, um, they learned that, it's not a goal to have your employees sitting in a chair from eight to five. Like like that's not a win. Right? <laughs> like there is much more to it than that. And so we learned, right, if you're if you're working, you know, eight to five or whatever, like that doesn't it doesn't make a big difference. It's what you do, it's what you produce, it's it's what your value you're adding, and you can do that maybe at any time. Right? You don't have to be sitting at a desk in a nice office chair. You could be at home, in your pajamas, in your bed, or you know, whatever. Um, and so I think we are learning a little bit that the ideal schedule, the ideal life routine rhythms look a little different than maybe we once thought, and that's a good thing, I think. There's some positives and some negatives to the last couple years about all this stuff. So um, I want us to look at the schedule one more time, And this routine, this life rhythms, one more time. And I want you to think about it through this lens. All right. So just making sure everyone is following along. The color that um, the arrow is pointing to, what color is that? Oh, perfect. That's amazing. All right. How about the one in the middle? All right. And the one at the other end. Look at that. Everybody is listening everybody's here. That is so cool. All right, so there is a Christian leadership guy, podcast writer guy that I've been listening to. His name's Kerry Newhoff. If you are interested, you can check him out. Um, If you're not interested, my job is to try and take what he's written and what I've been trying to do, trying to understand, apply it to my life, and I'm translating it for you, okay? So I just got to give him credit because this is his thing, and um, I appreciate learning from him from a distance um, very much, and I think it's really helpful. So hopefully it's really helpful to you. So green, yellow, red, okay? So when you think about your life, what you do, okay, what the, the schedule, the routine that you have, you all have a moments in your day that are your best energy, their green zone, right? You feel good, you're charged up, you do good work, you're, you're excited, you're, you're you're nice to be around, you have a green zone. What if you put the green zone on that calendar that I showed you earlier, and what if you did the things that were the best for you, the most productive for you, when you felt the best? You had your green zone, and you did the green zone stuff at that moment. So for me, I think about my green zone, and I think it... I'm still trying to figure this all out of of how it works best for me. But what I want to do when I feel my best, when my mind is the clearest, is I want to write my sermons. And I want to write and I want to plan and be creative because I feel like that that's one of the most important things that I do in my life. And so I want to do it at the peak energy of my day. And um, I'm trying to coordinate around that and, you know, plan for that. And sometimes I get taken off in weird directions, but but I try, because sometimes we can spend our best energy, our green zone energy, doing things that don't matter, like driving, or uh, uh, wasting time doing some other things that you can do when you're in like your yellow zone. Yellow is like you're moderately energetic, right? You're kind of awake. You're not, you know, you're kind of doing good work. Um, you're you're just kind of moderately you know have your energy and then red is like your energy's done like you've spent it all you're kind of tired you're worn out maybe it's at the end of the day or maybe it's when you first get up and it's not like you can't do anything in the red zone it's just that's just how you're feeling at this time and so think about like if you again if you think about your day when are you in your green when are you feeling your best and what can you be doing during that time that really makes the biggest impact that you're operating within your different gifts and talents. And uh, you'll, be, you'll find, I think, that you become very productive in your day. You accomplish a lot of stuff. Um, and it's a real, real kind of key thing here. So in green, we're creative, we're alert, we're engaged, we're efficient, effective, productive, we're kind, cheerful, helpful, generous. And so the things that we're gifted at, the things that we're passionate about, the things that make the biggest impact, we should do them in the green zone, okay? In the yellow zone, we are moderately creative, we're awake, we're sort of productive, we're decent at work, we're pleasant to be around, we're realistic, and maybe we're slightly bothered by other people. So there's certain things, maybe administrative tasks or cleaning up the house, or, you know, that you can do in your yellow zone, and then in the red, it's just like you're not creative, you're tired, you're disengaged, you're inefficient, there's low accuracy in what you do, you're frustrated, pessimistic, short-tempered, and you're selfish. And so, like what if, like what if you organized your life, your, your daily routine around these energy zones? And so this is what is unique. You all have different amounts of energy for all those different zones. Some of you have green zones like crazy. And then red, yellow and very little red. Some would feel like maybe you're red for all day long, you know? But it's unique to you. And so you just plot them out. I encourage you, in, you know, as you're going about your regular day, to think about this. So, like, you get up and you're kind of slowly getting up, right? And then you feel good. And then lunchtime, you kind of crash and take a break. And then you feel good for another little bit. And then you kind of are moderately, you're finishing out the day. And then when you get home, you're kind of, you know you're you 're tired or you 're worn out you're 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 uh, it 's the end of the day you 're out of energy so it 's a big concept. you can go back and watch this video you can take a picture of it you can look at it again another time um, but the point is is that what if you scheduled your day like what you had to accomplish around these energies like how you felt because I feel like the you could do some incredible work. You can get so much done when you're operating on all cylinders. And sometimes we waste those moments doing things that maybe aren't the most important. And so um, you would say, wow, that sounds cool. Like, I want to try this. But, like, I don't have any control over my schedule. <laughs> do you know where I work, right? <laughs> they got me doing this thing from 8 to 5, and I don't have any choice. Well maybe that's true maybe but you do have a lot of control more than you think so when you get home from work who's telling you what to do right you can do it you have control from the time you get home until the time you wake up you've got more control over your schedule than you might think and if you're thinking about your work you have more, maybe more control over that than you might think, too. It's just maybe worth a question. Or, or, So, like, for example, if you have a big meeting and it happens, like, at the end of the day, maybe you're in your red zone and you're like, this meeting is horrible. I hate this meeting. I wish this meeting would just be over with. I'm done with it. Forget it, right? Guess what? Your boss probably knows that, too. And so um, maybe you just show up in his, his world and, and just say, hey, I've been learning something, my pastor was telling me at church that we have these different energy zones, and this meeting happens at a time in my day where it's just not good. Could we change it? I think your boss might respond positively to that, because he wants to help you, he wants to engage with you, hopefully, or she wants to do that, you know, for you. Um, You know, it's worth an ask. So... I know, I know, it's a lot of good stuff. It's a lot of things to think about, a lot of things to consider. Um, But what I really want us to think about today is what is our regular routine? What is our regular, what do you usually do? What is your day? I told you this was very specific, right? Like, what do you regularly do all day, you know, every day at this particular time? Because when we look at Jesus's life, he did things regularly. He did things usually, And last week, we talked about how he was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane before he was crucified. Talk about a stressful day, a stressful moment in Jesus' life, right? I mean, he's about to be executed. He's about to be physically just murdered and beaten, and he's about to be betrayed by his closest friends. He's about to take the sin of the world upon himself. Talk about stressful. Talk about overwhelming. So what did he do? What did Jesus do? He did what he usually did. Then, accompanied by the disciples, Jesus left the upstairs room and went as usual to the Mount of Olives. He went as usual This is a regular routine. It was part of the rhythms of Jesus' life that he would go to this place and, and there he told his disciples, pray that you will not give in to temptation. And he walked away about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed. So I'm wondering, do your rhythms of life, do they actually help you? Or do they make your life more stressful and worse? Like does what you regularly do make your life better Does it help you or does it stress you out and make your life worse? Because what if there was things that you could do every single day that helped you deal with stress, anxiety, uncertainty? What if there was things every single day that you could do to make yourself more productive at work, more present with your family and in your closest relationships, more engaged in your purpose? I think there's some things that you can do. And even after this series ends today... Uh, If you're interested, you can always call me, text me, get in touch with me. And I want to help you. I want to help you figure out your day, figure out your life, figure out how how can I do this better where I'm not constantly worn down and stressed out and burned out. Like, I think God has so much more for us than that. And I think Jesus gives us a great example of how we can live our lives this way. Because Jesus was right, right? (laughs) He was perfect. And he had a regular routine of spending time with his heavenly father. Getting away from the busyness of life and people. And he did it to stay focused and charged up for what he was going to do. In Mark 1.35 it says this, Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Jesus had so many important things to do (laughs) that he had to first take some time. To pause and pray. Right? He was so busy, his schedule was so packed full, he had so many world-changing things to do that he first had to, to pause and to spend time with his Heavenly Father in prayer. That was a major, major priority for Jesus. To take time away, to take time and pray. And so this message is about our priorities. And uh, I want you to now think about your priorities. You've got so many important things to do every single day. So, how do you know what to do? What is the most important things for you to accomplish every single day? You wake up, you say, these are the best things. This is what I'm going to do today. These are the most important things that I'm going to do today. Growing up, I was a big football player, athlete, um, and uh, I'd see some of these teams go around and uh, they had these shirts on, that, uh, on the back of the shirt, you know, they do that sometimes. There was like a list and at the top it was like, faith, and then it was family, and then it was football, right? faith, family, football, and they, you know, walked around in these shirts and I'm like, oh, I don't think that's true, <laughs> it's probably football. Maybe family or I don't know, some other stuff. And then faith probably (laughs) down at the bottom, right? Um, But, you know, what they're doing is they're kind of proclaiming or showing or or writing down their priorities in one way or another. And so I want you now to write down your priorities. We're going to watch a video, so you're going to have like three minutes to think about this and pray about it. But seriously, I want you to write it down. So if you have a pen and a piece of paper, find one. Um, There's some paper over there. Um, there You can write it in your phone. You can draw pictures. Do something, but write it down. That's the key. I want you to write it down. And again, there's going to be a video that plays, and uh, I want you to think about it. What do you do? What are the most important things for you to accomplish every single day? I want you to write it down. And then I'll be back. All right. Well, hopefully that was a meaningful time for you to consider and think about your priorities. Um, Guess what? I I don't care what you wrote down. (laughs) I just don't care. I don't care at all. You're like, that doesn't make any sense. Um. Yeah, I really don't. I don't care about what you wrote down. I care about how you wrote it down. So that's why I was trying to tell you to write it down. So now you're like, oh, I missed out. I didn't write it down. I know. I know. How you wrote it down. Okay. And here's what I mean. You probably wrote a list, something like this. And if you didn't write a list, you should you know, let me know because we're on the same wavelength here. I'll be impressed. But you probably wrote a list because I kind of set you up for it. Um, but you probably put, maybe you put your faith, you put your family, you put your work, you put like fun stuff, you know, taking care of yourself, your health, uh, down you know all this stuff on your list and he said every single day i want to make sure i do these things i want you know i want to put god first right then jesus say something about that and then you know my family's really important and you know work sometimes consumes my whole life but you know what it's not that important at the end of the day but it is but it's not but it, you know and then you don't know what to do with that one and then you have like time for yourself and then you have your health but you know really if you make a list like this like how do you even evaluate this Because do you evaluate it by time? You know, you pray for five minutes a day. Okay, well, you're at work for eight hours, right? So how can you tell me that faith is more important than your work when you, like, literally, it's not even on the same wavelength, the amount of time that you invest? Or how about financial investment? You know, you probably invest a lot into your family and vacations and all this stuff, and, you know, like that $30, $10 a month gym membership. It's like, well, that's too much, you know? Um, So maybe financially measuring it is probably not the best way to measure it either. So I don't think writing a list is the best way for you to understand what is most important to you in your life. Okay? Does that make sense? Here is what I think is the best way to think about it. You've got all of these things that are important. They're, They're really important. They're essential to who you are and what you're trying to accomplish in your life, who God made you to be. Is Jesus... At the center of it. Like, does he influence and control and lead you and guide you into your work and into your health and into your faith and into what you do for fun and into your family? Is, is Jesus the center of it all? And it really goes back to the idea that we talked about two weeks ago with passion, right? Jesus kind of boils down everything into love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. It's like that's where all of this comes from. That's 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 what you do. And you don't just check the box of faith and then you move on to the next thing. Or you don't just leave your family at home while you go to work. You just don't, you know, take care and do all this fun stuff and forget about the, the responsibilities you have at work. Like, it all is you. And Jesus wants to be at the center of it, Lord over it all. And he wants to influence it and lead you and guide you and direct you in all of these things. And so if we get our priorities right, if we get our time management and energy management right, I think we have an excellent chance of making some significant differences in our world. So here's three differences that I think you can make if we do these things that we've talked about in this series. Number one, I think we can spend more time doing what we love. You'll have more time. You'll free yourself up. You'll feel more productive doing the thing that you love to do. Because here's the thing about our life, and I probably this is probably true about you. It's true about many people. You are so good at something. God has given you specific gifts and abilities to do things that only you can do. And you put very little effort into that, probably, because you are good at it. You are fast with it. You are efficient. You can just show up. You can do it. You can, don't even have to think about it. And you are good at it. And people recognize you for it. They might pay you for it. But aren't you cheating your gift? Like God gave this to you. So like work it out. Develop it. Spend time experimenting and thinking. And don't just wing it. I mean you could wing it. Maybe you do wing it, and nobody even knows. But God knows. And if you invested some more energy, some more time into what you're really good at, oh, I think there could be a significant difference that you make in this world. So like, for example, um, if I got up to preach a sermon to you, and, uh, you know, I could probably talk for 30 to 40 minutes and And if I had zero preparation, if I never thought about what I was going to say before, if I never put it together, there is a good chance, just by the way God has gifted me, I never thought I'd be doing this, but after years of practice and and experience, there's a good chance you probably wouldn't even know that I put zero thought and effort into this. I just showed up here and stood on stage and talked with you, right? You probably wouldn't know. But I can't do that. Like, I can't do it because God has, has entrusted me with this opportunity that I believe is so important, so life-changing, so special, and I need to do the best I can do. And so by the time that you hear a message like this from me, I've probably preached it five or ten times to myself. I've thought about it in the shower. I've probably ridden a bike and thought about it and ran through it and have most of it in my head memorized and, and like... Like, that's important to me. That, like, that's essential to what God has called me to do. And, and I, I could, you know, just probably just wing it. And then you probably wouldn't even know. But that's me. Like, what about you? Right? You probably spend so little time doing something that you absolutely love to do. Like, you're great at music. What if you spent time developing your music abilities? Developing your singing or writing or or relationships. You studied it, you practiced it, you prepared, you experimented, you thought about it, you planned. It would probably make you a better salesman, a a better doctor, a better factory worker. Whatever you do, whatever you're gifted at, you'll have more time to invest in those things and, and probably make a bigger difference in whatever it is that you're doing. If we manage our time and our energy better, we think that would happen. Or how about this one? Um, we would be able to focus on what we can control more than what we can't control. Like if we know we only have a limited amount of time, a limited amount of energy, a limited amount of resources, then stop wasting it, worrying about things that you can't control. Right? What a waste of time. Pray about it, entrust it to God, and then do something that you can control. Because he's got that taken care of. And how many hours of your day do you waste worrying about this? Worrying about the stock market. No one's manipulating the stock market here, I don't think, right? Um, nobody's controlling government decisions. I mean, there's things that you can do. So do it, right? But don't, don't waste all of these hours, you know, thinking about things that are totally out of your control, you only got a limited amount of energy. Or how about this one? I love this one. If we manage our time and our energy, we'll be around more. We'll be around more. If you are so busy doing so many things, running around to this thing and that thing and accomplishing this and, and doing that, then like you just, you're just not around. Around your, your friends, around your family, around... Your church, you're around the things that are meaningful to you. And being around doesn't guarantee that anything relationally significant will happen, right? I mean, you could be sitting on your couch all night long and your spouse just walks past you many, many times and you're like, hello, I'm here, right? That doesn't guarantee that anything will happen. But if you're not around, that absolutely 100% guarantees that nothing relationally significant will happen, right? If you are not involved in your kid's life at all, if you don't go to their stuff, if you don't play with them, if you don't talk to them, then, then that's it, right? There's no chance for anything else to happen. If you don't show up to a gathering with church people, right, you'll wonder, like, where's all the relationships at church? Like, why isn't this working? Well, you're not around, so like nothing significant is going to happen, right? At work, it could be the same thing. You're, maybe you're physically present, but mentally, you know, you're not even in the same zip code. And you're like, I wonder why is it, this isn't working. I wonder why like nothing significant is happening. Well, because you're not present. You're not, you're not there. So if we manage our time and our energy and our resources well, then there is a chance that something relationally significant will happen because we've made it a point to be around. Which is, is kind of ironic or kind of funny because as we end today, I want to draw our attention to this one last verse in Luke five sixteen. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. So his routine, his regular rhythms, his, his things that he did, he often, he often withdrew. He often got away from the this big spotlights and the crowds and the thousands of people and everyone trying to get a touch of him to heal him and provide for him. Right? He often withdrew to the, the wilderness for prayer. And what's really... Fascinating about this word wilderness is like if you look at the different translations of the Bible, uh, this Greek word translated a couple of different ways. It can be translated as lonely. He withdrew to the lonely places for prayer, he withdrew to the desert for prayer, he withdrew to the secluded places or the desolate places. And so there's this tension because even the most introverted person needs people. We all need people. We need each other. We need community. We need those relationships. And yet at the same time, we need time for ourselves, Where it's just you, and guess who else is there with you? God is. You and your Heavenly Father, in the wilderness, in the desert, in the secluded space in the, and this is the scary word, the lonely places. Maybe some of you feel like you're in a lonely place right now. God is there with you, and God does incredible work in the lonely places. Jesus went to the lonely places where it was just him and just his father, and that's, that's all there was. There might have been thousands and tens of thousands of people wanting to get his attention, wanting to hijack his priorities, wanting to overwhelm his life, wanting to stress him out with all of these different situations. But Jesus took time and often withdrew to the lonely places where it was just you and just his father. So sometimes we might have to have less business meetings with people, right? Less, less um, time with people so that we can make more time with God. Maybe it means canceling some meetings, getting up earlier, going somewhere, buying a chair, saying no, in order to have a great regular routine and conversation time with God where it's just you and just God. And sometimes, right, if you if you're taking maybe less business meetings, less work things, that might mean less income in a season, which is scary to think about, right? Like if I didn't go to work that night and work that fifth job, well then I don't know how, you know, like there's a lot of those things, absolutely. But if we learn to embrace these spaces, lonely spaces, desert spaces, desolate spaces, then I think we will have a better chance of functioning the way that God wanted us to live our life. We'll love our life. We'll love what we do. People will love being around us. And sure, there might be financial decisions that come into play there, but just think, as we talked about a few minutes ago, if you're operating, uh, you know, full cylinders in the green zone, God has a way of providing and helping you do more with you know, smaller amounts of time, if you're doing it in the right way, shape, or form, and he just might maybe help, you know, provide for you in ways that you don't even imagine, and, and, and maybe not, maybe not. But if you live and start to apply some of these things, if you make time for those lonely spaces, those desert spaces, if you learn to manage your priorities and your energy wetter, I think it's it's going to end up well for you in the end. And will it be easy? <laughs> I don't think so. But will it be worth it? Absolutely. So let's pray as we close our time together today. Heavenly Father, we just come before you. And in the middle of a room with many, many people, I just want to... And I want all of us to think about how sometimes it's good, where it's just you and it's just me. And we can get caught up in in life doing a million different things. We can run from one thing to the next. We can go from this kid activity to this family gathering to this thing, to this church event, to this other thing and... And it doesn't feel like we have a time to breathe, it doesn't feel like we have a time to spend any moment with you, God. And I pray that you would forgive us for that, forgive me for that, and God help me to embrace the spaces that may feel lonely, that may feel like, what are we actually accomplishing here? Because God, I believe that you do some of your greatest work in those quiet, lonely times. That you show up in ways that are hard to understand, but so real. And we just need it. We need you. We need your love. We need your grace. We need your passion that you provide. And so, God, I I just pray as we enter into this 2022 year, Lord, we believe that there are so many amazing things that you have in store for us as a church and, and individually. I pray that we wouldn't go too fast, that we would trust you each step of the way, and that we would make time to say that, you know, there's so many important things to do. But my time with you, God, just me and you, is really, really, really important, and I need it. So help us to do that, in Jesus' name.